Welcome back to the show, and I'm so excited today to bring you an episode from a dear friend of mine, actually a past coaching client that I had inside Fast Foundations, the mastermind, just I think about a year ago. Shannon Weinstein has a podcast called Keep What You Earn, and she talks all about business strategy, tax savings, and money mindset. Shannon is as no-nonsense as I am, and that is why I had to bring you this episode that I was featured on probably about a year ago. It's episode number 67. Well, I guess it was back in June um, on her podcast, and she titled it, What's Holding You Back From Your Dream Business? And it was so good that she recently informed me though that she's, I don't know, close to episode 200, that my podcast was with her, was the most downloaded episode she's had so far since she launched the podcast. Now, because she talks about money and money mindset, Shannon's podcast has taken off and has soared to insane heights in the podcast world. So shout out to Shannon for doing the damn thing. Not only did she start a fucking podcast, she is doing five episodes a week because she's so passionate about getting this kind of information into the hands of, or I should say into the ears of people who need help with their money mindset and really learning the ins and outs of business. Because as most of you know, so many people have stepped into the entrepreneurship space that this is something that a lot of people skip over, right? We want to make money, but we're not quite sure what to do with it. Do we be an LLC? Do we be an S Corp? When is the right time to hire? What can we write off? What things are what? So this is something that Shannon talks uh, a ton about on her podcast. She is an amazing guest on the show. And I just got the opportunity to be one of them. And this episode was fire. So You know, she says, sometimes as entrepreneurs, the number one thing we actually need, whether or not we're asking for it, is a little tough love. She says, we hire coaches, but they turn out to be cheerleaders. And that's great if you can find someone to root for you unconditionally, but it's even better when you find that person who will challenge you, question you, and make you unpack everything going on in the back of your mind. That's what I love about Jess Bergio. She's real, raw, and authentic, and I can't say that enough about her. I love truth bombs, and that's what she provides. On this episode, we're talking about what could possibly be holding you back in your business from really unlocking your potential. So you guys know I try my hardest to bring you amazing guests that are just packed full of value, but sometimes great interviewers like Shannon can really pull out great stuff from me. And I don't often get to showcase that here on this podcast. So tune into this episode. Let us know what you think. Tag Shannon. You can always text me any questions about this podcast to 619 332 3045 and we can always continue this conversation on social. So I hope you love this episode. Tune in and tell me what you think. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, the number one thing we actually need, whether or not we're asking for it, is a little tough love. You know, we hire coaches, but they turn out to be cheerleaders. You know, it's great if you can find someone to root for you unconditionally, but it's even better when you find that person who will challenge you, question you, and make you unpack all the stuff going on in the back of your mind (laughs) and make you realize it's there. And that's what I love about today's guest, Jess Bergio. So Jess was actually my coach in a mastermind that we were part of. And part of what I loved about working with her was just the real talk, no BS. I mean, you'll definitely hear a few F-bombs from probably both of us in this episode. What I love is she's just raw, real, authentic, and I can't say that enough. Uh, what I love is just the truth bombs that come out the, you know, questioning, challenging in a very healthy and progressive, productive way. So Jess is a, a beauty entrepreneur. She actually was a stylist for a long time. 
And she comes up from behind the chair, as she puts it, and she coaches other salon owners and, and beauty printers uh, through her podcast, through her community, and through her new membership, Behind the Beauty Brand. And uh, she's the host of the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast. She's an educator, speaker, and she's helping salon owners and stylists around the world grow their businesses with a unique approach focusing on encouraging clients to grow through personal development and self-care while also offering the tools needed to build a thriving and sustainable salon business. So if you're in the beauty industry, what I love about this membership that she and Laren are offering is a little bit of strategy and a little bit of mindset combined together from unique perspectives. We learned all about it uh, in today's episode and I encourage you to check it out. So without further ado, let's hear from Jess and talk about what is possibly holding you back in your business from really unlocking your potential. Hey, Jess, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Great. Thank you. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, you're somebody that I definitely wanted to talk to for a while on the show. And uh, we met in a mastermind and you were actually my coach in that mastermind. Uh, and one of the things I love about Jess, you guys, is she is really no bullshit and really just very direct and to the point, which is what I like. And, uh, <laughs> and I just, I really love your style of, I mean, really, there's really no fluff around it. You'll, you'll tell it like it is. And I appreciate that so much. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I've always appreciated people showing up like that for me in my life because we have friends to tell us what we want to hear. We may even have parents I didn't have a parent like that. I had a parent who was the exact opposite. I was coached my whole goddamn life, but that was okay because she reminded me, I'm here to help you, you know, learn, grow, do. And now that I'm older and I'm a parent, um, I fully understand that. And so I think busy entrepreneurs, people that listen to the show, people that are tuning in to learn and grow, they don't want the fluff. They want to know the plan, how to get there, the blueprint, like just rip the bandaid off. Absolutely. And, uh, so you are primarily a, a coach and I coach, not a cheerleader is how I would put it. You're a coach for uh, beauty entrepreneurs. Can you tell us about sort of the different spectrum of, of who you've helped over your years and, and a little bit of your history in the business itself so we can get to know you a bit better? Yeah. So I started in the beauty industry when I was 19 years old, fresh out of high school. Uh, I went to beauty school for three months, hated it, quit, went to college for a year, failed my first English Thought I wanted to be an English professor. I had a terrible teacher. He ruined it for me. I am now writing my first book, side note. I will send it to him. <laughs> but I realized in that year away from beauty school that I did want to go back and I was a year older, all those good things. So I went back with a fresh perspective, new classmates, new, new goals and a vision. And I think like with anything, if you don't have a goal and a vision, why, why would you do the thing? Why would you take the class? Why would you go to school for it? So I dove all the way in. I was, I was committed. I was obsessed and I got a job in a really upscale salon in San Diego. And that was the start of me being mentored by people that I highly respected and was like, wow, I had no idea that you could be this in this career. So, you know, going to college was always something my mom was like, absolutely. I'll pay for you to go to 10 years of medical school. You name it, you're in. I said beauty school. And she was like, I'm not paying for that. So it was almost like this, like, well, I'll show you. And so I don't know if you guys listening are like that, or if you've always been that one to be like, I can prove anybody, anything I can do all the things I was like, and I know Shannon's shaking her head. She's like, yeah, I feel you. Like, that's just, if that's who you are, that's who you are. You understand. But, um, 
I made it, it my commitment. I worked, you know, six days a week, 10, 12 hour days. And I saw these other people showing up in their business like that too. And I saw the amount of money that was being, you know, passed back and forth between clients and the services and all that. And I'm like, this is a real career. This is like, this isn't, I'm just a hairdresser bullshit that I was fed. Now there were businesses like that, like in any business that, you know, they're, they're making just enough to get by, but these were a different breed of people. And this is when I knew truly, this was my passion. This is where I wanted to stay. And so, like I said, I was so fortunate to have great mentors take me under their wing to teach me technical stuff, but also to learn how to give a great client experience so that it would set me apart from other people doing the same quote technical skills that I was doing. So like me and her could be giving the same exact haircut, but why would someone book with me over that person? So I learned those early, you know, tools that helped me become the hairdresser that I was and grow really quickly to become a six figure stylist. Once it was my turn to jump on the floor within the first six months of my business, which wasn't normal for the industry. So moving forward, I, I had thought, okay, that's it. I made six figures, which was around hundred, 120. I'm like, I made it. I hit that glass ceiling. Cause that was the headspace that I was in from where I grew up as to what quote making it was in this industry. And so I sat there for a really long time and I wasn't aware that my value was dependent on my education and that I could continue to charge more and that I could continue to charge for the education I was investing in. Um, so, so that's where I started to realize there had to be a shift. And that was about 10 years into my career. And then I had the fortunate experience to be asked to become an educator. And that's when I really saw the next step that I could take my career. So I was trained by Bumble and Bumble in New York City. I got to travel to Italy. I got to go um, in the back end of Davines, which is an incredible company in Italy, and just really learn what it looks like to run a company like that and to be um, an affiliate. That was the first like learning of what an affiliate was to promote another company and to really learn the education that was going to set me apart. Again, set me apart. That's what I keep trying to showcase to the people that are in our membership. We have a membership called Behind the Beauty Brand, where my partner, Laren, and I, um, she's all backends and systems. She's never been a technical um, service provider, but she's always run the backend of stuff. And me being behind the chair, growing assistants, being an assistant, starting from scrubbing toilets all the way to owning a salon. So, you know, Seeing all of the ways that you can diversify yourself in this industry, I think is what I finally realized there's more to what I could teach. And circa 10 years later, I sold my salon and stepped fully into, um, you know, helping people realize that they could not just be a hairdresser and, and be making money, that they could create a brand and a business, even if it's inside someone else's business, but they needed to set themselves apart. And what did you need to do in order to grow that and scale it and sustain it? So you don't feel burnt out, overwhelmed, all that. So that's a synopsis of like my career. But yeah, I've been coaching now for the last probably three years. And in the mastermind that we talked about, I was that was the first awakening that I had that I needed to truly invest more than a couple hundred dollars into a one day class. I needed to fully dive in to see what I didn't know because I never went to traditional college for business. And 20 years later, it wouldn't have mattered even if I had gone 20 years prior. Like things have changed, marketing online, uh, online coaching, online everything. I was a brick and mortar, talk to people to get clients. I wasn't a, you know, market yourself on social media. That should I resisted that for as long as I possibly could. I still resisted a little bit, but you know, once you realize the power that showing up can do for your business, it's, it's a game changer. You just, yeah. you lean into it. Well, I did go to business school 15, 20 years ago and you are correct. 
Okay. That's good. I just tell myself that story. So I don't know if I am correct. You are, you are a hundred percent correct. We never learned any of this stuff in, well, and to be fair, like the iPod had just come out. (laughs) So, so we were not exactly, I mean, Facebook came out, but it was very, you know, old school. So you mentioned something that I really hung on to in that, uh, in that history there, which was that you had this self-imposed ceiling of like a hundred K being the tip of the mountain. And then you probably got to the top of that mountain and realized, oh, there's another mountain up there. Like once you get there, you realize that you're not, you haven't hit the tippity top yet and that you don't feel like you have necessarily. Do you find that how you, how you felt when you got there, is that common among other beauty entrepreneurs that you're talking to and how are they breaking through that or past that? And how did you? I would say my age, which I'm 41. So my generation, or if you started when I did about 15, 20 years ago, I would say yes to that answer. If you were asking someone who is five, six years into their career right now, I would say no. I would say they would have these dreams and goals of being, you know, closer to a seven figure stylist with, you know, a brand, a line, maybe an extension line, their own salon, like a team, like that's just so much more talked about now. And it looks like so much more in reach because people are doing it. What I think, you know, the shutdown did for us was really pull that curtain back to see we are important to our clients' lives. Like people need us, want us, will do anything to get us to touch their hair. They don't, you know, it it up-leveled us all as a collective um, and really shifted the way that people were able to charge and the experiences that they were giving. Because I came from a place where it was work more to make more. It wasn't work smarter, not harder. Um, it wasn't diversify what you did. It was almost like niche down. When I started, you had to pick, do you want to be a cutter or do you want to be a colorist? And now people do a multitude of things, but a lot of people have dove into one specific thing, like extensions are huge right now. And, and these girls are making two, $3,000 a day. I mean, so the numbers between, that's what we used to make a week. And it, it just to, that is such a difference in, in income and what they can accomplish. So I feel like, yes, that number, and the reason I know the answer to that question is because during the shutdown is when I first created my uh, six-figure stylist program. Six figures, y'all know, is 100,000 to 999,000. There are six numbers in all of those numbers. Now, you guys know that if you listen to a podcast like this, but it's so funny because I got people reaching out to me that said, oh, I already make six figures, but I need a business coach. And I'm like, honey, so you make $100,000 on the nose or like, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, I make about that. The, the number like was irrelevant to them, even though I had to explain like, did you want to hit 200? Were you looking to like, what were you looking to do? And that's when we started to peel back like the stories we've told ourselves around if once I hit six figures being $100,000 in this industry, like I've quote made it. And again, I sat there for so long. So I know what that feels like because I was so inundated with the doing of knocking out client after client. I didn't think, well, maybe if I raise my prices a little bit, I could work a little bit less. Like it's the, it's the stories we tell ourselves in the conditioning, like whatever environment you were raised in, in the industry, like you kind of usually stay around that. Or now what I see is people are outgrowing the bubble, the fish tank that they're in, and they're ready to be the small fish in the big pond versus the big fish in the little pond. I, I love that. And I think that's what people should be trying to shoot for. It's almost like being the dumbest person in the room concept. Like I want to be, I want to be the best position to grow where I am. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is holding folks back, especially on the money side of things uh, when it comes to really uh, enabling their growth or opening up their mind to these multi six figure 
businesses or their potential? What do you think is the biggest thing holding them back or getting in their way? Well, we all have preconditioned like belief systems that were poured into us as children. So there's that work that needs to be done. And if any of what I'm saying or what Shannon says, as far as money's related triggers you at all. And you're like, oh, well, that's easy for them to say. If any shit like that pops up, you got work to do. And that's a that's me saying that lovingly because that was me forever. Like, uh, oh, that must be nice. Oh, you know, she must have, her parents must have money. Or like those comments, like I was so judgy, like not by on purpose. I didn't mean to be mean in my own head towards people, but like, that's how I was raised. You know, my mom didn't have much when I was a kid and she brought herself up by her bootstraps by working a shit ton. And my mom was somebody who, when she made it, I was like, why don't you move out of here and move into a big, and she was like, no, I'd rather be the big fish in the small pond. So that was the mindset I was told. We don't have money for that. Money doesn't grow on trees. Where do you think we're going to get money to pay for that kind of stuff? And now I see the next generation being like, that's what I want. That's the lifestyle I want. That's the career I want. How do I get there? And that's why they're investing in business coaches and people who have done it before them to get there quicker. You know, the, the fact of even hiring a coach or a mentor really didn't exist to people in my industry before. It was like maybe a mentor to teach you how to do hair, but not in the scheme of like growing your business into something that you might want like that. Like anything is possible right now. Yeah. It's, it's almost like if we pour into the technical side of what we do and we do it better, people will come as opposed to investing in the business aspects, right? Of building a business. It's like, well, if I get better at my craft or I add more to my craft, I will make more. And that's not always the case, right? Right. And I think what a lot of people in the industry don't do is they don't then let their educate their clients that, Hey, I've just spent $1,500 to learn this new method, or I just spent this much money or this much of my time in order to do this more efficiently for you or better for you. Like for me, I, I foil really, really fast. I cut hair really, really fast. My clients are generally in and out of my chair in an hour and a half, less than two hours. So there's so many models that people have chose as a way to charge, whether it's now hourly um, based off of the exact services that they're doing, uh, the amount of hair, whatever it might be. I think for me, in order to get to the number that I wanted, I had to figure out a, that number. And then I had to reverse engineer how I was going to make it. And that's where like our mentor talks a lot about what is your hourly value? What can you be doing to earn money versus what can you diversify out, automate, delegate, eliminate, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So for me, I found that number and it took the emotional part out of it because as a service provider of somebody who touches people for a living, it's very personal. And I find a lot of people get in their own way about charging. Oh, yeah. you know, Susie's been with me a really long time, even though I really should upcharge her because X, Y, Z, we don't do it. And so that's where I see people getting in their own way and limiting their um, income due to things like that. You know, you knock off a couple hundred bucks throughout the week, you add that shit up, that's 10, 20 grand you could have made. So totally. what could you, totally. what could you have invested that $20,000 in every year? So looking mm -hmm. at things that way takes the emotional part out of it. And it just simplifies like, this is what it costs me to do business and the right clients will find me and pay me what I'm worth. Right. And as a customer of a hairdresser, esthetician, and, and some of those things, uh, I, I recall every time a hairdresser had to raise their prices, it was like prepping me for a breakup conversation, how much they felt the need to explain why, or that it was coming. Like there was a long drawn out, Hey, Shan, I got to talk to you. Um, listen, we've had a lot of really, you know, unexpected costs lately. This, that I go, are you charging more? Yeah. Fine. I don't even know what you charge now. I just swipe my credit card. I don't even care. I like what you do. 
and whatever. You know what it is? They hang on to the idea that we care that much. And here's the thing. If you deliver the right value, the right experience to your point, and we are loyal because, I mean, that's a loyalty with a hairdresser or someone who like touches your body, right? This is, we don't just go to anybody. We pick our people. And it's so important to understand that like your value is in trust. Okay. So, and we trust you. We also trust you that like, you're going to charge a fair price. And if somebody really gets that uppity about it, I go, then maybe you don't want them as a client anyway, if they're that price sensitive and they don't see your value in you, but in a transactional thing. Uh, and I find that with accountants too. I actually feel the very same way the way you're describing it is interesting because I feel it relates to what we do as well, that we oh, feel, bet. we also feel an immense pressure in our industry. And I'm sure in beauty as well, I work with a lot of beauty entrepreneurs too. And there's this immense pressure also that, well, the person hired me, if I hire someone to help, it will diminish the service. My customers won't be happy. They did pay for me. I don't know if they can do it like me. How often do you hear that? Okay. So I'm actually going to write that down. So I don't forget. We're going to talk about assistance and bringing in help. And then we're also going to talk about the fact that my best friend does what you do. So mm-hmm. I totally get you're in a very personal business too. So if anybody mm-hmm. works on the side that Shannon works on and you're dealing with people that are in the industry, like either hair, skin, any, any service provider, massage, tattoo, whatever it might be that comes to you for business, you have to remember just because you can see their finances doesn't mean you put them in the situation they're in. You're still valued at whatever it is that you charge. And just because you can get their taxes or their accounting or their whatever done efficiently in a time manner doesn't mean you charge less for it because it didn't take you three days or 16 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Charge for what you're doing versus charge for how long it takes you to do it. Because if I did that, everybody would be getting a discount because I'm so fast. If you have an accountant who does your taxes, but you only see them once a year, I guarantee that you're not maximizing your tax savings. What you're actually doing is paying someone to do a report of how your money spent the year and talking about what happened in the past. Well, tax strategy is all about thinking about the future. You deserve a partner who can help you be proactive with lowering your tax bill and not just reactive. At Financial Solutions, we believe that tax services should be transformational, not transactional. That's why we offer tax strategy services that include a complete tax plan, meetings with me and our team, and year-round email and text message support to make sure you're always optimizing your taxes based on your goals. Book a consult with us using the link in the show notes and find out how you can save thousands right now. But to the point that you talked about bringing in help, when I worked at a big salon, I was double booking. I was doing up to 12 clients a day with an assistant. Those clients have never been so cared for, never been so taken care of, never not needed for anything, you know, and I would fine tune it and tailor it to what they needed. Like if, you know, Susie really loved that I shampooed her, I tried to make it a point that I would be the one to shampoo her. If, you know, Michelle really liked the way I blow dried, I would take that into consideration and flip flop with the assistant. So it's not a, this is how I do it, you know, too bad, so sad. If, if you're our service provider, I, I get, I'm going to get some shit for this probably because I've seen different things posted on social media. There are the hardcore people, coaches, whomever telling people, this is how you raise your prices, put it on social media, make a big announcement. Also slightly berate your clients on social media. If one person canceled or no showed you, make sure you make a statement online and talk shit about how people like, 
we all know canceling last minute is fucked up. I don't think we need to put a PSA of a goddamn post on your story to remind your personal clients. If you had a beef with one of your clients and that's what they did to you, you, you let them know. You don't need to let the other 96% of your clients who have never done that to you know. They don't need to get that lashing from you because everyone's going to take what you're saying personal because you're one to them, but your clients are many to you. So take into consideration the things that you say and how you present yourself. I put up a price sheet. I'm old school. If I raise my prices, I put it up right on my station right there in a nice little framed thing. There's no questions on there. What a client did, she hadn't been to me in probably six months yesterday. She came in. I know damn well she saw the prices. She looks at me and she goes, have your prices changed? I'm going to Venmo you when I get home or PayPal you or whatever she does. Cause she refuses to like write me a check or do a credit card. I said, fine. I said, yeah, they're right there on the sheet. And she looked, she said, okay. She didn't, she had already seen them. She was probably just hoping I'd say, oh, just pay me your normal prices. Like who knows what she was trying to get me to say. Maybe she didn't see the paper. I don't know. Um, but for me, that allows someone to ask me questions that allows for them. If you're observant, like if you're looking in the mirror, you see the price sheet. So if you sit down and you haven't seen me in six months and that doesn't feel good, that's something you should address as the client. Now, some people feel differently that they should be babied or coddled or like, oh, I just wanted to show you, Shannon, I've raised my prices here. Are you okay with this? If you make it a freaking big deal, it's going to be a big deal. But like you said, if they can just see the value, you give them an amazing client experience, they might say, wow, that's about 40 bucks over my budget, but fuck, that was worth it. I might have to stretch my appointments out a few extra weeks to come back all the time, but I'm going to do that because I love getting my hair done with Jess or whoever your, your stylist is. Yeah. So I think, I think it, you're underestimate beauty entrepreneurs and service providers like that underestimate what we will do to make it work because we want what you have. So it's, yep. if we find someone we really like, and that's absolutely true. I have found someone I really like and then stretch out my appointments and said, that's okay. I just need to make sure I'm not going every, I'll go every eight weeks instead of six. And that will cut an appointment down every so often and it'll be fine. And I won't even notice it. And it totally works, but it's, it has to start with just doing it and not having to ask permission or forgiveness for you running your business the way that you need to. And I promise once you raise your prices, like I didn't lose a single client for one. And for two, the energy exchange at the end of my day when I see that number from the, my square, from the credit cards drop into my account, I'm all, yep, that feels good. Cause I was getting to a point in my career. I mean, you got to imagine after 20 years that making X wasn't doing it for me anymore. It wasn't lighting me up. Like it used to, I could make that somewhere else, or I could spend my energy somewhere else because now for me, it's, I don't have the obsession with hair anymore. I love to make my clients feel happy, but it's the connection that, that still turns me on if you will. Um, and the conversations that I get to have, but it's, it's really about, you know, an energy exchange. And when, when people start to say words to me, like when we're coaching, I feel burnt out or I feel overwhelmed or I feel out of alignment or, you know, anything to that extent, I'm like, what is not feeling good anymore? And then once we peel back the layers, it's generally like, they don't feel like they're making enough money anymore. So I'm like, well, that's on you. Like you have to be the one of awareness. You have to listen to your intuition. And how do we shift that? Right? Like, how right. do you start to bring in more so that it feels right. good? So let's talk about, you mentioned managing that energy, right? And for a lot of folks, energy comes in the form of time. So what, and you just mentioned you had what, 12 a day with the assistant, you are double booking. And I know that a lot of beauty entrepreneurs are sitting going, I'm double booked. I'm freaking out. I'm at capacity. And I feel like I'm hitting a ceiling with what I can make because I can't, I can't handle any more clients. And I think there's two variables that are the first things I look for, which is one we just addressed, which is pricing. If you feel like you're at capacity and you're not making what you should really re revisit your pricing, 
but also time management. What do you have to say about how beauty entrepreneurs manage their time or how they can do so effectively where they could, you know, again, not burn themselves out and go over capacity, but feel comfortable. Like you said, at the end of the day, cashing out that square and going, that feels good. Right. Well, I know not everyone's going to be like me and want to do multiple things. Um, I, you know, like some people who do hair are obsessed with it. It's all they want to do. They don't want to do anything else for work. Um, and, and it's a hard no. So we'll talk to those people first, people that still want to only do behind the chair work. And that is the only way you want to make money. I would say, A, sit with that for a second, because there are so many other ways that you can bring in revenue that don't require you to A, show up and trade time for money. And then B, how can you diversify what you're doing with that one client? Is there other methods that you can get to like work with that client? Um, for me, I was into personal training early on. So in my career, all of my personal training clients came from my clients in the salon. So not only were they my client in the mornings at the gym, they then saw me for their hair appointments. So like I use that same book of business, right? That same client list, if you will, to mm-hmm. double down. How else can I get Shannon to buy services from me? What else do I have to offer her? Is it coaching? Is it, can I do extra therapy calls with her? Do I notice that she keeps talking about wanting to lose weight? Can I offer to help her? Maybe I love to meal prep. Maybe, maybe I make, I don't know. You can come up with all sorts of ways to like reuse that client, if you will. Not That sounds terrible, but you guys get what I'm saying. But for the people who are more open and are maybe ready to bring in another stream of income, you also can use those same clients whether it's bringing in a different product, like I do a side business called Monate. I'm sure a lot of people love it, hate it, call it what you will. It supports my business without me having to do anything else. Um, if you have questions, you guys can reach out. I'll be happy to answer any questions that has to do with that. If you love nutrition, health and fitness, when I was competing 10 years ago in bodybuilding, I would talk to my clients about that. Um, I was involved with isogenics. I would suggest plans for them to do that. So network marketing, as much as it gets a shitbag you know, name in the industry, like influencer marketing is the exact same thing right? It's all Mm -hmm. the same. You get a commission off of what you sell, period, 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 period. That's all it is. Um, It's a done for you business that all you have to do is talk about it. That's it. Facts. So if there's something you like to talk about, figure out how you can sell it to your client. If you like to talk about, I don't know, lip gloss, figure out a lip gloss company. You can sell lip gloss. You want to talk about pens, talk about pens. So when you can find things that you love to talk about that are easy, because I know I will stigmatize all of us in the industry. We don't like to be salespeople. We don't like to sound salesy, but Let me just tell you at the end of the day, after 20 years, you are your own salesperson. You have to talk about what you do in order to grow your brand and your business. You have to create awareness around what services you provide. Because if if you don't create awareness about what services you provide, you really don't have a business. Yeah. Right. So that's why Shannon and I have podcasts. It's a way for people (laughs) to learn what we do and get to know us. Exactly. And to get to know what other people do as well. And so you mentioned the... So for that person who wants to stay behind the chair and doesn't want to expand, opening up their minds to expansion, what about that person who maybe has a variety of different things, but they feel like they just can't get a grip on their calendar, their time, their schedule, and they're just all over the place. So for me, I had to, uh, day block basically. So time blocking is one thing, day blocking is another thing that I do. So I'm only in the salon one day a week, Thursdays are my day. It's very easy for me to show up that day. I love being in the salon there that day. And when that day is done, I can't wait to like have those couple of days off because I go so hard in that day. I have one day where I record podcasts that are mine. Mondays are my day to record. I prep for them on Sundays. I have a whole ritual Sunday evening with the fire. I write all my notes. And then I enjoy that on Monday. There isn't other things. I don't have to shift from 
being a podcast host to being a podcast guest to being a, you know, going in the salon to do a client. So for me, that worked really, really well. A mentor of mine taught me that because if you try to do too many things in one day, you're not really focused on them and you're probably not really prepared for them either. So time blocking what needs to get done and making sure it's done on a particular day. That for me changed everything. And I went from being super unorganized and always feeling scattered and stressed out to, I don't feel that way at all anymore. I know what needs to get done. And at the end of the day, it's like not about, oh, I'm not motivated to do that today. Or I don't feel like it. Well, fuck it. It's getting done because it's on the list of things that's going to move the needle in my business because my vision for what I want is stronger than my excuse for feeling unmotivated today. Exactly. And, and that's one thing that I had to do as well. I, up until January, I had a corporate job. You know this, cause we talked about this. I had a corporate job. I had my business I was building on the side. I wanted to build the podcast up. I wanted to, there were so many, there were like five or six dimensions to really Shannon in general had like five or six different identities. And I'm not kidding. Every 30 minutes I was toggling between identities and I was effing exhausted by the end of the you day, bet. by the end of the day, I had no energy left for wife because I was everything else to everyone else. And that was the hardest part of the burnout for me. And even though I was never, you know, in a salon running around doing things, you know, booking clients 24 seven, when you are shifting your energy, it actually takes a lot to gain momentum to show up in a certain way and then to transition out of that and then into something else. And I actually just talked about this on the podcast where I really struggled with transitioning between identities, right? Like I didn't take a breath and come out of work mode or take a breath and come out of, you know, whatever I was doing and transition into the next thing seamlessly. It was very rapid and exhausting that honestly, the transitions were the most exhausting part, not even the work. Oh, I bet I can totally relate to that. And if you guys have tried to do a couple of different things, you probably can relate to that too. And the thing with that is when you are new at something or when you're shifting, like how we both pivoted from, you went from your corporate to like pouring yourself into all these other avenues, there's going to be a small window. Hopefully it's not too large where you're going to feel like that. It's mm -hmm. just part of the knowingness that like, I got to get through this and sludge through this till I get to the other side. And this is where a lot of people quit and they go back to corporate because it's easier. The starting of something new is hard. Just embrace it. Just know that you got to grit your teeth and you got to get this shit done. Just like if you haven't been in the gym in six months or a year, that first workout, not only is it going to suck, you're going to be sore for a while, right? And you're not going to want to go back. So I relate everything to fitness and nutrition because it's so like everyone knows what that feels like to not be able to sit on the toilet after they did legs one time. Like it is now. And like, if, yes. if we just if like, but you can't change it. Once you're sore, you're sore. There's like nothing you can do about it, but hopefully your why of when, why you went to the gym is stronger and you're going to keep showing up. It's the same thing with like starting a podcast. At first you have crickets, no one's listening. You're like, why am I even doing this? Why am I spending money on this? But putting yourself in a beginner position to start something new. If you just time block out, you know, 60 minutes every Monday night, I'm going to work on my thing. Okay. Maybe you can give it a whole day. That might feel really good. You can give it a whole day just to say, Hey, you're going to move the needle more than if you never started. You know, I'm only at 11,000 downloads for my podcast. I thought in a year and a quarter, I'd be like triple that. And I was down on myself the other day and I was like, what? you're 11,000 further than if you never started. Like exactly. you can, you can shit on yourself for not do like not having it be what you want. Or now I'm recognizing I want more. I want it faster. What do I got to do to show up to play bigger? How do I need to be in order to get the things I just said I wanted? You have to have an emotional like attachment to 
that outcome. Otherwise, it's really hard to keep showing up in the stuff. And that's what I talk to a lot of my mm-hmm. clients about. You know, Laren, my co-founder for Behind the Beauty Brand, she's strategy. She's like a manifesting generator. I'm a projector. I was put here to be the guide and to kind of keep encouraging, inspiring, and showing you that you can do it. Like, that's my favorite thing to do is like, hold that space to remind you. And that's why I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go first, even though I am not the first one to do a podcast, but those that are drawn to my energy and want to work with me will find me through me putting myself out there. And so with any business right now, you have to learn to stand above the noise. And that's what we teach in Behind the Beauty Brand. That's what Shannon's doing with the podcast. That's what we always like creatively come up with ideas of how do we stand out to make our business different than the next person's. So I wanted to touch back on the assisting thing that we talked about, because I think a lot of people struggle with the thought of paying somebody in order to help them, or my clients won't like that or this, that, whatever. Yeah. Just firsthand experience. I'll talk to you about how much I've enjoyed having an assistant. I've also been in the place of scarcity where my books weren't book solid. And I was like, well, I can't like commit to paying somebody this hourly rate. If what if somebody cancels or what if like I have a slow week or what if, what if, what if, if you just map it into your budget, and I know that we're in an industry that is not always super consistent, we don't have a salary, right? We don't know at the end of the month how much we're going to make exactly, but you can start to guesstimate. If you keep track of your records, if you have a good accountant tax person, you'll know in your seasoned when's busy, when's slow, when's, you know, you can afford to take all the things. But I'll tell you this, having an assistant keeps you in the learning. It keeps, when you teach, you relearn. So every time you teach your assistant something or you're showing them how you like it or you're, you know, you're then gifting them that education, but you're also gifting yourself the re-education of staying in doing it at that high level so that you can continue to charge more. And, you know, what you're doing is now creating a space where this stylist can potentially take this client who doesn't want to pay you the extra money that you want to charge and create a space for you to bring in a new person who will pay you that. And just that evolution and that cycle and me having gone through several assistants over my career, watching them thrive, become six figure stylists themselves. I mean, a, nothing's more rewarding and, and B like now you have a plethora of people who like consider you an expert and position you like that and speak well about you. So you know, I, I say to anybody who's on the cusp and busy enough, like I'll, you can book a free call with me. I'd love to talk you through it or about it. Um, it. It really elevated my business. And I'll tell you, like my back never hurt. I was always fine when I left at the end of the day. I was never exhausted. Like they're just there to support you. And if you honestly can pay somebody anywhere between minimum wage, 25 bucks an hour, and you're making $100 an hour, that's that's a good energy exchange, right? And finding ways now for them to do more for you. Can they shoot video for you? Can they create content for you during the slow periods, right? Especially if you get these younger kids, like they're smarter, they're clever on their phone, like, you know, put them to work, have them run errands for you. Like there's so many things that you can have an assistant do that's going to help them. And that's definitely going to help you and give your client the best experience. Totally. And, you know, everybody wins because they're going to get the right experience. They're going to enjoy working with you, find mentorship, and you can also help shortcut for them lessons you've learned. Uh, and you're right. There's nothing more rewarding than bringing someone up and seeing them succeed because of lessons you taught them. I can say that, you know, one of my favorite accomplishments as a business owner is hiring people onto a team is like the most rewarding thing where I feel like, oh my God, I'm responsible for these other humans and their happiness. And it's high pressure sometimes, but it's also the most rewarding thing. And I don't ever look at it like, oh, well, what am I going to do? Cause they cost me money. No, I go, what are they going to do? That's going to add value. And what more can I give them that will help move the needle for everybody? 
because it truly is a win-win and that's when the magic happens. I love that you said that. And that is so true. And if you can just keep in that mindset that how can they, add, they're adding more value to your business. You now have a team. If you have an assistant, you have a team. Like you're, two is always better than one. You know, everyone loves to get the princess blow dry, I call it, where two people are working on you. Two people are toning your hair. Two people are glossing. Two people are asking you if you want something to drink. Or whenever I get younger clients, I'm always so happy I have my assistant there. Cause I don't know what the fuck to talk to them about. I'm like, I don't know anything about, you know, this, this or that. And they take over and they have conversation. And it's like the ebb and flow of getting that space. It, it's just such an asset. I love it. So, uh, Jess, I do this with every single guest right before we wrap up. I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions, and then we're going to hear more about how folks can work with you and Laren in the building the beauty brand. Cause I want to hear more about that. So number one, what is one investment that you can't live without? Ooh, okay. Can I give you two? Cause one's going to be really surfacey, which are my lashes. <laughs> It's an investment. It's like it is. 80 bucks. It's like 160 bucks a month. That's one. Um, and then because I care about my appearance, because I want to look, you know, elevated all the things. The second thing that I, an investment that I can't live without is the investment of myself in the morning, my time to myself. Mm, I like that. What did you learn about money that turned out not to be true? Oh, there's more than enough to go around everybody. I know you've already named about 18 things in the yeah. course of our conversation, but if you were to pick one. Yeah. Then there's enough to go around. Yeah. I didn't think there was, I thought only like special people got to be wealthy. And lastly, what makes you feel like a millionaire? Ooh, a fucking great outfit, a great <laughs> outfit, my hair done and my makeup done. Like Love I'm, it. I'm not super surfacey, but like, I mean, if I want to feel like a million bucks, if I want to raise my vibration, if I want to step into a situation with confidence, it's putting my favorite outfit on and like, put myself together. Love it. So tell our listeners how they can learn more about working with you and, and with Laren and how this uh, membership works. Oh my God. So excited. Like we've been working on this membership. I mean, collectively the two of us for about seven months, uh, we just launched it last month. It is an ongoing education membership basically back pocket coaching. We run it similar to a mastermind. There'll be three calls per week. The first three Mondays of every month, uh, we'll have Q and a, we'll have a guest expert speaking on things that can help you in your business. And then also the third week will be one-to-one coaching that you can ask any questions that you want from Laren and I and the community, which are other high level entrepreneurs in the industry. So whether they're suite owners, salon owners, med spa owners, you could be an independent stylist behind the chair. I mean, if it's in the budget, you could be a brand new assistant. Anybody's welcome um, who is a creative beauty entrepreneur, even creative content creators can really find a lot of value in this too. Or if you're starting and wanting to build your personal brand. It can be a business brand too, but really we talk a lot about building a personal brand and your business brand in this and how to stand out above the noise with marketing. So it's called Behind the Beauty Brand. Uh, I know Shannon will throw this in the show notes, but we wanted to gift anybody listening one free month to join us. That means you'll be included in three calls. Um, they're all up for a replay if you happen to miss it or can't make the times. And we have an app that we've built so you can have access to all of this information in your back pocket at any time. So no excuses. People don't want to hang out on Facebook groups as much anymore. So the app's right there. If you're in line, if you're at the stoplight, which you're not supposed to be, but you could check out and see what's there. There's going to be courses you can download. Um, just many things to kind of get you motivated and stay in inspired action is really our main focus. Oh, I love that. Stay in inspired action. That's so cool. Yeah. 
All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for gifting that free month and for being on the show today. Appreciate your time so much, Jess, and all of the insight that you give. I always have some like aha moment when I talk to you. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. I love that. I appreciate you too. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people. So until next time, be you unapologetically.